welcome to the Making Your Mondays Feel Like Fridays, the Irvin Lawway podcast. Your host is Leslie Peters, the guy with the girl's name, and yes, he's sticking to it. This is a podcast where we help reshift and pursue happiness and purpose by living every day with the same enthusiasm we have on Fridays at the end of the workday. Man, it's good to have you join us tonight uh, on the uh, Making Mondays Feel Like Fridays, the Urban Law Podcast. You know, um, I've been excited about you joining all day to really kind of dive into this topic of adversity and and really talking about the fact or or what's kind of been taboo. Because in this day of prosperity thinking, um, I did a podcast earlier this week that simply said, wishing without the work won't work uh you still got to put the work in and so you know introduce yourself to the audience we'll talk we'll get into your story tonight and then we'll dive into adversity and just really talking about how to deal with adversity because you're going to face it it doesn't matter if you dot every i across every t you will face adversity so before we get into it, just let me just remind the audience, this is Leslie Peters, the guy with the girl's name. I'm back to you again, but I'm joined with the phenomenal Richard Banks. And I won't steal his thumb. I'll let him tell you a little bit about his story when he introduces himself. And then tonight, we're going to just kind of talk about adversity for a little bit and the challenges and really what every young person, what every young person needs to know about adversity and what you're going to face as you get out into, into this world and just how you might want to kind of change your thinking so you can elevate your trajectory and not have to make some of the same mistakes that we made. So, Richard, uh, all yours, man. Tell, tell all of a little bit about who you are and, and, and then we'll dive into your story. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for having me on your show. I've uh, been looking forward to it all day. Uh, just want to kind of pass the word or some encouragement to people out there who, who may be facing adversity and uh, going through some troubling things in their life and definitely, but my, uh, my story is, man, you know, really, I, uh, I'm a father, you know, two, two young men, one's 25, the other's 19. Uh, I got a loving wife by the name of Tiffany Sanders, uh, Tiffany Banks, excuse me, I apologize. Uh, and, you know, we've been together going on probably 18 years now and, uh, you know, dealing with adversity has really helped me out as my wife. Right, my wife has really showed me a lot to do when it deals with adversity and uh, trusting the Lord and helping me get through it. Uh, we all face it, just like you said, right? We don't. Some, some comes when we're young, some comes when not, when we're in our middle age, and some comes when we're in our elder state. But adversity will be hit you in certain ways at all times of life. Uh, yeah, so it, re- it reminds me of that saying: "You either in three, you in you in three states." At any given time, you're in three states. You're either about to go into adversity, you're in the midst of adversity, or you're coming out of adversity. But what, what's the what's the main common denominator in that? You're gonna adversity. have to go through adversity. <laughs> you got you're gonna have to go through that, right? So my thing is is how I handle it. And I've had so many, I can I can tell you from school, you know, you know, on up to having a, a baby at 19, <laughs> uh not finishing college, all the things that you think you go through that people don't don't understand, and it, it can it can just just crumble you sometimes. Sometimes we feel like the whole world is just just pounding on us, just piling and piling and piling, and the things that can get us out of it 
it's just us just just talking to someone. You know what I'm saying? Some just everybody needs a, a shoulder to just to lean on sometimes, man. Just to get some stuff off your chest, and because believe it or not, we all go through. It. You get what I'm saying? Like it's no single yeah. person is not going to go through it. Leslie, when I tell you, man, that you know, me being me in my job, just to give an example, right? Right. You know, we have to work, and I'm meaning me, meaning the African American. Uh, you know, we have to work a little bit harder than our counterparts, our Caucasian counterparts, because it's so much goes through that. That's the adversity of it, right? Right. And, and right, right, wrong, and different. You know, what I'm saying there's still we have to go through it. We have to go through it, and I guarantee you, it makes you so much stronger when you get through that storm, because we we, we think that it's, it's no light coming out of the storm is going to last forever, and it don't. It really don't. It, we can get out of it just by getting out of our way. Sometimes, gotta. This thing when we when we uh, when we were younger, they told us how to get on our knees and pray to God. You know what I'm saying? And uh, me as that young man, uh, as a young boy, to me now being 46 years old, I still get on my knees and I pray and I ask the Lord to get me through any adversity that I may have. Right? And that's the thing that I have to lean on for me personally. And if I can do it, I know anybody that's out there, no matter if you're nine or 99, you can do the same thing by just asking the Lord for to get you through and give you guidance. You know, the, the good thing, I mean, we, we've seen a lot. You and I are about the same age. We've been through a lot. But let's 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 see if we can rewind ourselves back to, you know, 17, 18, um, you know, 19. And when we were, you know, we, we, we had everything was in front of us, right? We had these ideas mm -hmm. of, of what we would accomplish in life. And a lot of times, I know it for me at that age, my ideas were all monetary. Right. It was all yep. about uh, the dollar. It was all about for all the wrong reasons, too. But it was mm -hmm. all about the money, the status, uh, the, the girls. It, it, it was. But I had a clear plan and right. it was going to go like this. I do this and then A happens and then I do this and B happens and I do this and C happens and I do this and I hit the jackpot. And so yep. I had it all mapped out. But uh, <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> a number of years later, it didn't go that way. It just right. did not go that way because nowhere in my plan did I have any mention of adversity. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in my plan did I have any mention of when when the first door is closed. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Uh, nowhere in my plan did I have a contingency for if something traumatic happened, if a death happened in the family with somebody that was my rock, uh, yeah. uh, if if the financial situation changed and then I couldn't do this and I had to do this, uh, if I, you know, I just didn't have a contingency plan for much of anything at that age because I didn't think I had to because I really hadn't dealt with the reality of adversity. And a lot of that reason was because pretty much all the way through school, well, uh, so if I studied, I did well on the test. If if I if I practiced and I did my part, I performed and executed well on the field. And so as a result of that, I was a popular kid in high school. So I didn't really have to work hard for girls. I didn't really have to have uh, the, the what they call game or the gift of gab to talk to them because I was popular. So they kind of came to me. So I really I was able to hide a lot of that. Until I got to college and everything was competitive, 
and I, I was not prepared for it. So tell me, as we back up to you at that age, yeah. what were you looking at? What did it look like for you? And when did you get your first sign that, uh-oh, I got a problem? All right. I'm going to tell you, though, right? So mine started uh, around 16, right? Okay. It was uh, the summer, you know, when I played ball. And every summer, we have to get a physical so we can uh, play, see if we're physically able to play the sport, right? My love was football at the time and still is. And I, uh, I went to the doctor, got my physical, and uh, did a urine test. And uh, the test came back that I had too much protein in the urine, right? So the doctor said, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to send you to a specialist just to kind of see, you know, is something going wrong or something that we can we can go with, right? So I'm thinking nothing of it. Like, oh, man, this must be something wrong. Or so, you know, not nothing wrong uh, with me that time. My mom and grand grandmother all praying. Like, oh, there's nothing going to happen, you know. But it comes back that I had early stage kidney disease, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so just imagine imagine a, a 16-year-old kid, right? And this is at 16? This is at 16. Okay. About girls and and money, right? And I'm talking right. about, man, I'm talking about, man, I don't, what, what is this? I'm thinking I got a death wish. You get what I'm saying? I, the I thing do. about it is, the thing about it though, Liz, right? My grandfather passed away from kidney disease, right? Wow. So so me seeing this in 1982 when my grandfather passed away, uh, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking nothing at the time because I was probably seven years old. I want to say seven, eight years old. And then I, uh, at the same time I had it, my mother's sister had it, came down with it. Right. And I, and I seen how how she was going through it and how, how bad she was not doing well with it. And I'm thinking, like, man, is this going to be me? You know what I'm saying? So now now, again, I'm 16 years old. I just got just found out, you know, once the doctors got through with all the biopsies to find out, you know what? Now, unfortunately, we, we don't want to put you at risk to play. Uh, we feel that, you know, right now your kidney function is working probably at a 40, 50 percent uh, max right now. We don't want you to take a damaging hit to really escalate that situation. So my recommendation for you is to you know, no, no longer play uh, football, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think about a 16-year-old kid who's been – I was pretty, pretty, pretty good at the, at the sport, and, I'm, and now I, have, I can't even play no more. You know what I'm saying? And I can't even be around the, the, the fellas that I, I grew up with through middle school and on into high school. I can't even play anymore, right? My world is upside down at 16 years old. So that's my first time ever having to go through adversity, right? So fast forward a little bit. I had to go about, let's say about two or three years uh, on lab work and making sure the kidney function is still staying stable where it was at, right? Well, uh, here it comes now. Fast forward. I've had my my youngest son, uh, Brandon, right? I was 19 years old when I had him. So... You, now you're thinking about, uh, I'm out of school now, right? I'm out of school. I got a job that I, I think I was working at McDonald's at the time or something. So I was really had a kiddie job, but I was I was technically a grown up, had a kid I had to provide for. And so I ended up uh, uh, getting another job, another full-time job. And uh, I'm from Waco, Texas. And it's, anybody know about Waco is a place called Plantation Foods that I worked at. It's a turkey plant that you process the turkey or whatever, right? So got a job doing that. And later on, uh, I still going to the doctor. Doctor came to me. I never forget it. He called and said, hey, "You know, I think you have to make arrangements to get on dialysis. So your kidney mm-hmm. function is, is is no longer 
functioning at the level that it was at. Again, now I'm here with another another stage of adversity. And how old to, are you now? Uh, I'm 46 now, but at the time. No, like, at that uh, time. Oh, uh, at that time. It was 20, probably 21. Yeah, wow. about 21. So 21 years old. I've already told you I had a grandfather pass from it. I got a I got an aunt that's on it now in dialysis now who's struggling with it. Now my aunt had several other things, diabetes, blood pressure, and all that kind of uh, played a factor into her situation. But now I have to go on. I have to go on dialysis. I'm one of the youngest kids in, up there. And there was another guy that's probably in his late twenties, but I was one of the youngest youngest people in there that's, that's going through this. And if anybody know anything about dialysis, you got to go three times a week for four hours a day. My days was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, right? So now, again, I got a young child. <laughs> you know, I got, to, I got to still try to work and try to do this. I'm trying to collect a check from Social Security, and you know, and it's just so much going on at the time, right? So I'm still trying to be positive just because that's who I am by nature. And But it's kind of hard now, right? Now, now adversity really kind of starting to weigh, weigh on me. And I'm thinking like, man, what did I do this? Now I start questioning why. Right. And my grandmother said something to me that I never forget. I mean, when I tell you, I never forget. I'm never going to forget this. And she said, why not you, baby? Mm. And I, I didn't know what she was talking about at that time. Why not? Why me? I'm 21 years old. She said, so what's wrong with a so what's wrong with a kid that's growing on crack into the world? What did they do? You've had wow. 21 years on this earth. Wow. You know what I'm saying? What about a kid that's growing on crack or drugs? Did, you, did they get a chance to say why? So that made me really open my eyes just be like, man, I really don't have nothing. To, I'm still here. I may not be what the, the way I want to be, but I'm still here, though. That's an eye-opener for you, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, eye-opener, man. And so when you, when, you, when you see those kind of things and you hear that, and I have to start looking like, man, well, maybe, you know, maybe she's not right about it. Maybe she's right about this, you know? And... I started, at, at the time, I didn't know this, though, right? My mother had already started making preparations for her to give me a kidney. Wow. So just, imagine your, just imagine your mother giving you birth, right? And then she, she ended up giving you birth again by donating a kidney for her. Because she seen that I had a future, and I wanted, she wanted me to have a, a bright future ahead of me, right? So wow. come ni- 1998, May 5th, 1998, it was Cinco de Mayo. We finally got the word to go to San Antonio for us to have the procedure for she for her to give me the, the kidney, right? And she ended up giving it to me. And it lasted about 15 years. We say 14 and a half years. It lasted, right? Wow. And I and during this time, you know, I've went back and forth and now we're talking about I had a, a got married young. And then we ended up getting divorced. But at the time I got divorced, I had another child, which was my youngest son, Bradley. So I had Bradley, Brandon and Bradley. And then the verse came with me and the, the mother of my kids wasn't seeing out of eye. We was not having that. So another now here comes another adversity. I got two kids, you know, I'm old fashioned. I kind of want to stay in the relationship because that's what we I've always seen, right? But eventually right. you can't be you can't be unhappy. So I didn't want, we both were unhappy, so we ended up splitting, right? So I started a new career with the job I'm at now of uh, October 5th, 2000, right? That was the first time I started this job. It was a part-time job. I had, a, I had just got divorced, 
And I had just got put on child support, so I needed another supplemental income to kind of so I could still live. So I started my job I'm at now, uh, retail, and I still had another full-time gig. And eventually, I ended up dropping that full-time and start going with the job I'm at now full-time. And I ended up getting the opportunity to go to, to Tyler, Texas, right? This is okay. like two, 2000, 2001. Met my wife, about, I guess about a year after I was there, and a little less than a year. And again, we've been together ever since that day, right? Now, I told you, just to kind of backtrack, I told you that I had uh, about 14, 15 years of my, my kidney. So if right. you're, thinking about, you're thinking about that, that means the kidney failed, right? That's right. <laughs> so what, the, what, what happened again, Liz? You know, I want to dominate, but what do you think happened again? What well, happened so, again? So, so now we're faced with diversity. You're back at square one. At square one so, again, right? And now you have two kids and you have yes. a wife. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. now, now you're looking at like, man, I'm, I feel, I'm feeling like this 16-year-old kid again when they told me that this, this kidney had left, right? So by this time, I'm, I'm really excelling in my career. I've left uh, Tyler. I was there for like three years. I went up to Dallas, you know, for about two and a half years, and I got an opportunity to go to California, right? And wow. uh, so, so my career is moving. It's moving at a great pace. I'm, I'm probably year nine in, in the career now when I'm going to California, and uh, we're, we're moving along, right? We're moving along. My career is moving along. Then you know what? I, I'm right now, this time I still have the kidney. So I'm, my mom's kidney. So I don't want to only get ahead of myself and get ahead of the story. But right now I still have my mom's kidney. So Tiffany and I moved to California, right? About a year and a half into moving to California, I got hit with adversity, right? Yep. I was I was being a jerk, you know, to my wife and taking my job over my my uh, career, taking my career over my wife and not being, you know, being uh, like I can even say it now, you know, because it's it's, it's, it's it's I gotta be past it, right? I was being yep. insecure, thinking that she was was messing around with somebody. When it, when it wasn't, it was all in my mind and, and things of that nature. And that's that's a verse that came up that she said, you know what, Richie, if you can't change the ways you your ways, I have to move back. Right? So this is another adversity part of my life because to me being a stubborn man, I was like, well, you want to go, go, kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, she, and she ended up leaving. She went back to went back to her hometown in Tyler, Texas. And uh, again, I was lost and not knowing what to do and I know I knew I still had to dive into work, so I still was moving forward with work, but I was left empty because I didn't have the person that I, that I was went down there with to try to grow a family with, right? She had left right. and split up. Uh, we weren't married at the time. We were up in the girlfriend. She, so you left and went back home. So I uh, during this time I was still going to the doctor, right? And when you get to, when you get your lab work, it's called creatinine. Everybody has creatinine, right? So when you go get your lab work done. Your kidney function, a healthy kidney, should, should just have the same number every time you go in there, at least a range to, in the in the same range. But okay. mine's had mine's had jumped up, right? And then it, it kind of gave me a uh, you know I was like, uh oh, what's going on? And uh, I'm still trying to worry about the career and not really taking that seriously because I didn't want to. I was thinking I was trying to be blind to it. I, I didn't want to face the inevitable, right? But right. I knew. Once that number start creeping up, it means it's starting to kidney function is not working the way it should be working. You get what I'm saying? I so do. this is like uh, 2009, I want to say, that I finally 
I got again. I'm still moving in my current position, and I got uh, I got promoted. I told them I said, "Hey, if I can get promoted, can I move back to Texas?" They said yes. So I ended up getting promoted. Ended up going back to Texas. Right, that's Texas. I moved back to Texas like in August, uh, okay. July, August, somewhere around that time. Right, and me being foolish, I'm thinking like, "Oh man, I can go back and I get my girl back. We kind of get back going in the right direction." And you know what? She was not. Change. She, she was not going to bite on that because I hadn't changed. She don't think I had changed, right? So I went, went to the doctor, started feeling really bad. I was like, like really feeling bad, throwing up in the mornings, not not uh, swelling up real bad. And so I finally went and the doctor was like, hey, man, you really have to go to dialysis, right? Like today. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. They say hey, the kidney's gone. And first of all, I'm, I'm heartbroken because my mom's kidney gone because she gave it to me. Right. I, I, I'm kind of ticked off because my girl is not wanting me back. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, so you it's got a lot. So, so let me just pause for a second. So yeah. you're dealing with adversity on a lot of fronts. And, yeah. and this is why I wanted to really dive into this topic tonight because I think in a time such as now, we're seeing so many things happen. And, and I think a lot of it is happening, particularly with our young people, because they don't know how to deal with adversity. And so the only reaction that they have sometimes to deal with adversity is violence or um, aggression. And that aggression triggers violence right. out of the other person usually that you're showing the aggression towards. And so we know how that ends up. We're losing too many people every day on these streets. And a lot of that is because they don't know how to deal with adversity. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I always tell people, it, it's not only you that have problems. <laughs> it's not only you that have problems, but the difference is how do you deal with those problems? And you got to make sure you got people around you that you can load some of that stuff off, that they can take that stuff off of you, that dead weight, and put some positive energy back in you and build you up. And Absolutely. that's important. So I'm glad that you are being vulnerable and transparent and talking about all of the adversity you face because I think it's important. What we always try to do here on this podcast is have honest conversation, honest dialogue. So uh, I just appreciate you doing that, brother. So yeah, go ahead. My, yeah. my thing is this with transparency, right? Uh, you're only ashamed of stuff that you, you feel embarrassed about. I don't feel embarrassed about anything I did because it happened to me and, I, and, I, and I'm and I am for that. So it, it's nothing. It's nothing to me to to be open to people and to have people hear my story because you know why? Because it's a beautiful story that I've had. I think it can it can it can motivate and and, and I haven't even got to some of the, the so best get, parts. So let's get through it. Like I'm just going through. Okay. So uh, so in, obviously uh, I ended up uh, me and Tiffany start working it out. And uh, coming together, and uh, you know, one day I was on dialysis. Like I say, I had to go dialysis, so I kind of started. And then the job that I had, right, man, like I, I told you, I've been, I was really moving in the right direction, and and I had the job that I really desired, and and I wanted, to, I was moving in, in that direction. And next thing you know, the rug got pulled from me. <clears> so again, technically getting kind of kind of working back to, to get my girl back. You know what I'm saying? And now I got this kidney disease and it reared his ugly head again on me. And then now the job has told me that, you know what, man, the job that you you had, we wanted to put you back in the store. So now it's more adversity, right? 
it's another adversity. Small and what, and what, just, for, just for people to understand, not, what was the reason they gave you? Oh, the reason they gave me was saying that, you know, we feel like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's helping you out to get going and we want to put you back in the situation that you're in uh, just, just so you can focus on you, right? Without even, without even consulting me and telling me the reason why. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it, everything has to be a reason why, right? So again, I'm, I'm putting my faith in the Lord and saying, you know what, man, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep driving. I'm going to keep driving that course. And, and I still never, I never stopped working, right? I felt like a dog all the time, man, but I never stopped working. I kept going. And eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm on dialysis. You know, this is 2009, 2010, probably now. And uh, I'm, on it for, I'm on it for like three or four years. They're going every morning, going to work, going every morning, going to work. And uh, eventually, I was, in, I was in the store. And uh, I, seen, I seen a young lady that I, I, uh, I knew from the past that she knew I had the current position. And she was like, I thought she was in that other position. And I'm like, no, I said, I have to, I have to they, they wanted me to step down or whatever. So she was like, oh, but I had, I had another buddy that I was in his store and she, and she was, was a mutual friend. And uh, she, I had ended up left and went back to my store and she said, hey, what's, what's, what's going on with that dude? So he kind of told her my situation. And uh, next thing you know, she came down to my store again and said, hey, I talked to, I talked to your friend, man. And he, he told me that you were, uh, situation you had and I, I just want to let you know man that's, that's pretty messed up and I said yeah it is man but you know it'll work itself out and she said you know what man and she said what, what would you do if I gave you a kidney right and I was thinking like you know you know how you get you know people tell you stuff all the time. I, I've heard people say this a lot oh man I give you one of mine but it's so I, I, I don't take it I take it lightly I didn't take it like it was a serious serious thing gotcha. right and I was like oh I gave up kind of gave a side hug and said oh thank you and kept moving you know what I'm saying and next thing you know I uh uh, the next day, the very next day, I had uh, I had Dallas that Saturday. She came up, she came by the store again, and she said, "Hey, come here right quick." So she waved me outside. So I thought something was wrong. She said, "Hey, you know what? I uh, I really uh, talked to my my grandmother, and uh, I talked to my mother, and I seen this story about this coach who gave one of his players a kidney." And she said, "How will I be able to do that? I want I really want to do that." Again, Liz, I probably met the young lady in a total of my lifetime five times. Wow. Right? Five times. And and I, I like, well, first, I told her just like this, verbatim. I say, first of all, this would have to be 100% your decision. I say, I don't want to feel like I'm pressing you or, or doing anything to make you want to do this. She said, no, I want to do it. What, we, what do we have to do? I say, first of all, I think we have to go and, and get tested out to make sure that we even your, your blood type uh, will even maximize, right? So I look at it and uh, and she said, well, I want to do it. That's what we want to do. So I said, all right. So I went to dialysis that next Tuesday and I asked the, the nurse, how can we get this these tests started? I might have somebody want to donate a kidney. And so they said, uh, you know, this is what you got to do. You got to give it to the doctor. She got to go get tested. So we ended up setting all that appointments up. And they took blood, my blood work, took her blood work try to mesh them together to make sure they work. So how it usually works when it comes to transplant, if your if your blood somewhat rejects the, the, uh, the donor's blood, that means it's going to reject the kidney when you first get it, yeah. right? So yeah. if the blood work don't match up, it's not even used to go on that route because the kidney is going to reject immediately. Yeah. Well, 
lo and behold, lo and behold, my angel, because I call her my angel, my angel had a had 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 a blood type that she can receive, she can help anybody, but she can only receive the same blood type from her. Right? Wow. So my my blood immediately attached to her blood. So they finally they figured that out, right? So then we got to start doing physical tests and things like that. But eventually, make a long story short, to save time, she, we ended up going and getting the, the kidney done. That was uh, that was uh, September third, September fourth. Excuse me, I apologize. Uh, and that was that was the, that was the best day in my life, right? Two thousand fourteen wow. is when I got I got the kidney from her. So not only most people lived in their life to get one, Leslie, right? Wow, I'm, I've been I've been fortunate to have two, by two women that 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 most people would never have a surgery in their life, and the lady ended up give, having giving me a, a kid. I, I I just I tell you when 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 adversity hits, and that's everything I told you about has been, been adversity. I I have had a lot of great times in my life. I don't want to make it seem like I just went through a bunch of. But no, but 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 it's important because what what I think. People know about what they're going through, and we always think what we're going through is so bad until we hear somebody else's journey, right? And right. so just like you know, God was able to bring you through and bring you out, he, he'll do the same for all of us. And I think talk a little bit about your ability to make sure you stay positive and you kept positive people around you in the midst of that storm so that you could keep moving forward. Because I think that's the piece that's missing for a lot of people today. Well, the thing about it is, you can't have everybody, you have to have a tight circle because everybody's not for you, right? And I, I, and it took me a while to understand that. And I'm pretty sure it took you some while to understand that you might have some people that you really like and you really get along with, but something about them is not gonna make, gonna make your life a little, little difficult maybe the choices that they do or whatever it may be. So I keep a tight circle, right? And the people that I, I, I keep around me think the same way I think. Want to be positive about situations that come up because they all know they're going to have adversity. Right. It's the worst, it's the worst thing of having somebody who, who's around you that's always negative. It's, it's hard to be. It's, it's hard, hard to do. It's hard yeah. to because you feel like you got to take on they burn, and I'm right. like this sometimes. Somebody give me bad information, I seem like I got. I'm gonna take it on. And my wife told me, "You can't take on everybody's responsibility because you wasn't there to put them in that situation. You can talk to them, you can try to help them out as best you can, but eventually, sometimes the only person gonna get you out of that is our Lord and Savior. I don't care if you face an adversity with drug addiction, uh, you know, any type of addiction that you might want to think about." Or you think you can't find a way out, or you can't live without it? You can, because you got it. All has to start with you believing and understanding that the adversity that I face is only short term. A lot of people make it long term because they get in their head, and it's, it's just a loop. It's a loop in their head that keeps going over and over and over again. And eventually, you have to break that cycle. And once you break the cycle, you can only see you can see the glory when it comes out of it, right? And and that's what I want people to understand today. Regardless if you may feel, I don't care if you're young, old, whatever it may be, it's gonna it's gonna hurt. Yes, I'm not gonna sit up and say your adversity is not gonna hurt. It's not gonna get you down. It's not gonna make up make you upset. But I'm here to let you know today that it's not gonna last long. You may you think it's long. Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
No, no, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, and we, we're kind of wrapping up the last couple of minutes here, but I do want to hit on a, a couple of things before, you know, we leave out. You know, you you really inspired us and, and, and covered a lot tonight, and I think for, you know, I can remember when we when I took this journey with my best friend to start our, our, our company and firm, and, 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 and when you talk about, um, you know, leaving a place where you, you used to having this big in- income and now you have nothing because you left because it was an ethical decision. Somebody wanted mm-hmm. you to do something that wasn't ethical and that just wasn't right. So you put yourself out there and did the right thing and you just trusted in God to lead you and you look at the journey. And I always tell people that you got to always understand you got to learn to read the whole story. Mm-hmm. In every story, there's a pretext, there's a precept, there's a concept and as a post. So, you know, pretext, context, post-text. You have to read all three. If you just read the post-text, then you're only looking at the results. So you don't have any idea what the person or the adversity a person had to overcome to get to the result. So that means if you're only looking at the result, you want a shortcut. I call them shortcut people. They, sure. they want a shortcut because they want to go straight from zero to 100. <laughs> without going to 25, without going to 50, without going to 70, they want to go from zero to 100. And right. we all know that that's not even mathematically possible. Can't do so <laughs> so you, you've got, so many people will see you and they see you in your job now and all they know is they want to be like you, but they have no idea of the pretext. No and idea. That, and that's, and that's something, I hear and, a lot uh, of people that work for me, man, they be like, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. I say, man, yes. it's, it's a lot to fill these shoes, man. I say it's easy to cut. You see the, you see the, you see the polished work of it. Right. You don't see the, you see the adversity I had to go through to get to this point. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot. It's a lot that we go through that we got to make sure that we constantly focus and, and constantly stay prayed up because it's going to come. Life it's and life come. is going. It's going to come. It's, you know, there's no, always, there's no way around it. It's not, I always tease people, you know, people that want to start a business, we work with a lot of business formations. I say, listen, there's no doubt in my mind you could be successful because when you are an entrepreneur, you learn something every day because every failure is a learning opportunity, right? You you learn from it. I said, when you, the other difference is when you're following something that you are, you know, passionate about it. Because I always tell people, passion alone won't do it, right? Now, you got to be passionate about it, but you also got to have skill, and then you put those together with work, and then you have execution. So the, the analogy that, are I you- gave is, if I want to be uh, a professional baseball player, a pitcher specifically, and I realize that my fastest fastball is 70 miles an hour, Right. Well, then when I look at the major league, I realize that the average fastball of a major league pitcher pitch is 90. <laughs> so that doesn't mean that I can't follow my passion and be involved in baseball. But what it tells me is my, 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 my passion doesn't drive me to be a pitcher. My passion may drive me to scout pitchers. My passion may drive me to own a team. But mm-hmm. it, it, we got to make sure we align those things. So I always tell people, um, make sure you're strategic. Make sure you think it out because no matter what you decide, you're going to have adversity. 
But if you're passionate about it and you have skills in it, you're going to do the work to overcome adversity, and you're not going to allow negative people to hang around you. You just won't do it. I, I tell people all the time, I have no problem telling somebody, look, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. Yeah. Meaning yeah. just out of my space, right? Because we're, yeah. we, what we believe in and the way we vibe, we don't have the same foundation. So I'm not going to be able to help you and you're not going to be able to help me. So you need to surround yourself with people that can help you. And I need to surround myself with people that can help me. And then we can both propel, propel in the right direction. And it's very important. So again, I, I, I want to just tell you how much I appreciate your honesty. In the last few minutes here, we've got about another minute and a half. Just close yep. out, tell the audience any last thing you wanted to do to wrap up your story. And, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll leave them with that. Well, I mean, you know, when when it's all said and done, I, I, I got, I'm back on track to what I want to do. I got the job that I have and did some, right? And we got we to gotta always look at it as a, as a whole. Again, you mentioned to it early, we got seasons in our life, right? And we got to go through those seasons and progressions and things, making sure everything is going in that, that, that positive and forward direction. So you can never get, get too caught up in the moment of now, right? Because if we live in the now, we're going to we're going to miss the lessons that we that we had in the past, the lessons that we got in the future. So we got to continue to move forward. That's the, that's what I want everybody to take from this today: is to constantly move forward. Don't dwell in negativity. Uh, you can you, but you can't dwell in it because if you dwell in it, it's going to consume you. It's going to take your whole life being around a negative person. Leslie just alluded to it. You know, it's sometimes you got to let people go. I don't care if they, they, they do everything you ask them to do or whatever it may be, right? If they're not moving you in the right direction, meaning mentally and, and putting you in a great space, you have to sever ties. And if you can sever ties with people, you're going to start seeing the dead weight drop and you're going to start rising. You got to cut those anchors. The reason why they call them anchors and they sink to the bottom because they want to pull you down. And I don't want anybody to feel like they got to get pulled down. We're we having this open forum to lift you up. And if you can continue to listen to what we got to say and have the questions, uh, concerns about anything, you know, get with somebody who's going to lift you up. And that's all I really got to say, man. I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you for having me tonight. And I hope I can do this again with you sometime. But it was just it was awesome experience for me to talk, tell my story and my adversity and hope that it gives, it gives a testimony to somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again. And we, we do video podcasts sometimes and we bring everybody and kind of talk about the stories. But I think it's important that we we keep the positive energy. You know, that I, I tell people, I don't even watch the news because yeah. all of it's negative energy. So why am I going to even let all the negative energy come into my head? So I got to be very protective right. of my space. And as yeah. always, you know, if you guys want to catch me up, just hit me up at chatwithless.com. Get on my calendar. Schedule a time with me. We can talk about it. Anything to kind of get you back on track. You know, here at Urban Law, that's 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 not the everybody does at this company when we start the conversation is how can we help? And that's really what it's about. How can we help? And so I hope we've helped you tonight. I want to thank Richard again for joining us. It's been my privilege and it's been my pleasure. And this is Dorothy's baby boy and only son saying, stay positive, keep pushing through adversity. And whatever you do, keep moving forward. Until next time, be blessed.
Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you have an idea, a thought, a goal, and just don't know how to get started, hit us up at chatwithless.com and schedule a time that works for you. And we'll figure it out together.